everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing. This week is an interesting one. This week I was all lined up, I went to the movies, I saw a brand new Top Gun, I even rewatched the original and I was all set to record with great friend of the show, Rob from Stew World Order Podcast about it and unfortunately... I got sick. Me and the whole family got sick. So we have to postpone the records. That'll be coming out as a bonus episode next week. But I tell you what, it's been five years and I haven't missed a release date yet and I wasn't going to let this stop me. So please, for your enjoyment, here is an episode that was originally recorded as a Patreon bonus, but I'm putting the whole thing up here this week as a regular episode. So I hope you enjoy hearing me talk about City Slickers. The following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch a thing. We watch a thing. Hello, dear patrons, and welcome back to another exclusive episode of We Watched a Thing. It's your boy B Dizzle, and I'm joined by my lovely wife Noosk. How you doing, Noosk? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> this is another episode just for you, patrons, for no reason other than the other night we threw this movie on, which is one of my faves, and we're like, you know what? Why not? Let's talk about this. Yeah. I think I was in a really bad down mood. Well, and also we just bought a camper trailer, which is kind of yes, fun. So yes. you wanted to watch something kind of campy. Well, that that has two meanings. Well, okay. <laughs> outdoorsy. Something outdoorsy. <laughs> uh, very excited to get our camper trailer and, and, and hit the road. Yeah. I've just had this insane... Um, obsession and craving to go camping again. I used to go camping as a kid, loved it. You've never been camping. And I was in this terrible mood and you were like, what do you want? Do you want friends? Do you want this? Do you want want a movie that makes you cry? And I was like, I want to watch Cities. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Which is- And I I I did not regret it. (laughs) Yeah. So, this film is on my 100 favorite films of all time list. Is it? Yeah. I love this film. And I don't- Had you seen this before I made you watch it a couple of years ago? Nope. Okay. Uh, A couple of years is- No. It was like 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We're old. (laughs) You are. So, City Slickers is a 1991 American Western comedy film directed by Ron Underwood and starring Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, Bruno Kirby, and Jack Palance. It's written by Lowell Gans and Bubaloo Mandel. And what is it about? I'm sorry. Hang on. Yeah, Bubaloo. His name's Bubaloo. I'm not kidding you there. (laughs) Okay. And what is it about, Noosk? Um, oh, shit. (laughs) It's a man- well, I think he's basically having a bit of a midlife crisis. He's sort of just plateauing in life and becoming a little numb and cynical to everything. And so his wife sends him on – is it his 40th birthday he's celebrating? 39th. Oh, 39th. Um, his wife sends him out with his buddies who he's done wild and daring trips with before, um, all because of one particular friend. Um yeah, sends him out to a dude ranch to, you know, go be a cowboy. Sorry. Sorry. Ranch handler. <laughs> ranch handler. So, this film was what prompted me to be like, oh, my God, we are going to a dude ranch. You're and right. it's going to change my life. Yeah. That just must, like Billy Crystal's. That must have been a while ago now because that was six years ago that we went to a- No, longer. That was eight years ago this year that you and I went to a dude yeah. ranch on our honeymoon. And you're right. Part of that was inspired by you seeing this film. Oh, fully. Absolutely yeah. it was, yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. This film, like, it's bizarre what a weird mix this film is. It is both sort of 
Uh, no, I wouldn't go so far as to say slapstick. But I, would, I would say parts of it are slapstick yeah, for sure. Like, yep. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's just like the opening as well, the opening titles, like with sort of cowboy yeah, animation. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Like you, you watch that and you're like, oh, here we go. We're in for this like, you know, stupid yes. comedy bro film. And like. herein lies the problem with this film. I think there's several problems. Like Ooh, problems. No, no, no. So not problems with the film itself, problems with why the film is seen the way it is. Like yes. Topher, for example- Claims he hates this film. I am convinced he has only seen City Slickers 2. Mm. So City Slickers 2 very much leads into the slapstick. Like that is a slapstick film. Yeah. This film, although it has those elements, this is a this is a real honestly, this is a deep film. Especially like it has some really deep moments. I always loved this movie as a kid, but rewatching this as I've grown up as a man, Mm. this movie says such things about how we see ourselves and how we feel about us. Like, I am Billy Crystal. I am a very neurotic guy Mm. who often feels down on himself, often feels like I'm not achieving anything. And, like, that's what this film is about. It's about about friendship and the camaraderie with people that we meet. And it's just – it says so many things that I think people forget. The other problem – is that people associate it with the film that Jack Palance won an Oscar for that he shouldn't have. And so people- So Jack Palance won an Oscar for this film, The the Old Grizzled Cowboy. Oh, oh, really? And it's one of those things where it's like- He's barely in it. It's one of those things where it's like a lifetime achievement award. Like he should have won an award earlier, but he didn't, so he worked for this. And so people- Leonardo DiCaprio winning for Revenant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And And so people are like, Oh well, this this film was was bad because people know he shouldn't have won the Oscar for it. So people uh, inherently just go, "It's a bad movie," yeah. and those are two separate things. Like, should he have won an Oscar for this film? Nah. No. Does that mean this is a bad film? Absolutely not. This is yeah. a great film, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I I know it doesn't have like a sort of stellar reputation, um, but I just this film has a really special place in my heart. Yeah. It's like the um, oh. It's like the Stand By Me or Sandlot Kids of, of middle-aged men. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I can see that. It's it, That is a great, great comparison. It is. It's like the Stand By Me. It's about a group of men rather than a group of boys. And it's mm. all about, you know, instead of that becoming a man, which is what kind of Stand By Me and the Sandlot Kids are about, it's kind of about the opposite of that. It's about like, yeah, oh, my God, that's a great comparison. <laughs> Aww. Look at me contributing to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, let's start with the lead, Billy Crystal. Yeah, he's so good in this I film. mean, who doesn't love Why is Mark Wazowski riding a horse? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Is that where you go with Billy Crystal? You go to Mike Wazowski? Yeah, actually. Yes. Where do you go? Harry Met Sally? Well, I go to this and then Harry Met Sally yeah. and then Mike Wazowski last. Oh, I love when Harry Met Sally. But it's the same, like, even Tim Allen- I don't go to Buzz Lightyear. I go to Tim and Taylor. (laughs) I don't don't know. It's funny. Like, I don't think of voice work as any lesser, but I often, because they are embodying such a character, I don't often associate the voice artist with that character. Like, I think of Buzz Lightyear as Buzz Lightyear, not as Tim Allen, if that makes sense. Whereas, whereas a film like this, it's hard to separate. Like, and I think that is part of why I love this character so much, is I see him as Billy Crystal, is who is a person who already has such great charisma. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And it, but 
uh, I mean, there are some, like, you know, little problems here and there with this film. Um, like, the only females that exist in the film are just props to the men's problems and lives and stuff. And yeah. Like, you but know. But here's the thing. And, like, even, like, there's only one woman at the ranch. Okay. Really? I've gotten in trouble and for we saying all stuff know, like this before. We all right? know by the end of it she's going to end up with, you know, what's okay. his face. Okay. His marriage is ruined. I've, yeah. gotten in, I've gotten in trouble for this before. When, when I did um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs on the show mm. with Topher and Beth, I got in very large trouble from those two. Because they were Last very trouble. upset that there's only one female in the movie. Yeah. And I was saying, well, but that's what the movie is. Like, I'm I'm all- A penis fest. Well, but if that's what, if the movie is a story about men, I think that that's okay. I'm not going to look at a movie like Hustlers and say, why aren't there more men in the film? I'm not going to look at a movie like um, If Beale Street Could Talk and say, why aren't there more white people in the film? If the story is about a certain culture and a certain gender and whatever, I think that's fine. I think this is the same thing. This is about a group of men. It's about three men. And it's not... What's great about this film is that there is toxic masculinity in the film and that's highlighted and addressed as being a bad thing. Yeah. This isn't a movie about a bunch of gross crap guys, but it is a story about a bunch of guys. And look... I don't necessarily think it's a problem that there's not more women in the film. Do I wish there were more? Sure, that'd be great. But that's what this film is, and I think that's okay. Yeah. I just – it's obvious to me that it was written by a man because I don't think any woman would go alone to a dude ranch knowing she's going to be trekking for days on end out in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of men. Like, See, that's an interesting point. Of, I hadn't even thought of that. No, I you had, wouldn't I hadn't because you're a white why man. was this woman here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just things like that that, it, like, you know, just like okay, watching but, it as a woman. So let me ask you this then. Would you prefer then that there was no woman in this film because that might be more realistic even though it's no, less representative? It's, it's not more realistic because we're half the population. Um, no. <laughs> I just his wife is so understanding, but can also come across, I suppose, depending on the kind of person you were, as like a bit of a nag. Like she's like, "Oh, I'm unhappy. Go away with your friends," type thing. Yeah, right. You know, the the female that is there, she exists only to be sexually harassed, and then as like the end game for you know, guy from Home Alone's. Um, like his Daniel his, Stern. his marriage has fallen apart. His name yeah. is Daniel Stern. Well, he's he's the guy from Home Alone. Um, he's one <laughs> of the robbers. <laughs> he's one of the wet bandits. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. Like to me, it's just not a super well rounded film. But this is me starting to pull it apart and pick at it because I actually really love it okay, and well, I really enjoy watching it. Let's talk about what you do like about the film. What do you like about this film? Well, I think we touched on it, those sort of deep moments that it has that are sort of surprising because you're sitting here thinking you're just going to watch some silly slapstick That's the thing. cowboy like, commentary, slapstick moments. you know, not th- com- comedy. Com- I think people forget that there is a full 10 minutes in this film where the three main characters are just riding horses and talking. Not like, This isn't an action film by any stretch. They're very slowly riding horses and talking about what their best and worst days are. Oh, I think people forget so that sad, that is yeah. an entire large seat. Like, there are chunks of this film where it is just dialogue. Yep. Like, and oh, it yeah. is yep. beautifully written, very poignant dialogue, like, that makes you laugh, mm-hmm. but it's- <laughs> 
makes me laugh so much. There's like there's lots of funny moments. Yeah, um, yeah. But none makes me laugh more, like laugh out loud, is when you think he's uh, okay. So Billy Crystal is talking to the Wet Bandit about, um, you know, like. Do you want me to go over it with you again? It's a it's a problem that happens to all of us. Like, and you think, you think they're talking serious, about, you know, yeah. like you know, like sexual, a sex issue, yeah, or something. sexual yeah. dysfunction or something. So you can then, record on the DVR yeah. while you're watching something yeah, else. Yeah, and then you just have their other friend shut up, shut up, which just reminds me of Chandler Bing and four Peter. hours. He's it, not going to get it. He's never going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> just, I was like, is that what it's like talking to me about our house? You have to speak up to Alexa. You have to. You you have to be clear. You have to give your specific instructions. I'm never going to get it. But honestly, that scene where they're talking about their best and worst day and all three of them are poignant and hilarious at the same time. Like Daniel Stern talks about his wedding day being his best day and he talks about mm. how much of a man he felt like. Like his his dad was proud of him. He saw him. In, yeah. in, and, and then they're like, what was your worst day? Every day since has been a tie. <laughs> That's That's funny. It's hilarious. But it's all exactly. It's also sad. It tells you a lot about his character. Yes. And Bruno Kirby's story about the day that he stood up to his dad, and he's like, that's both my best and worst day. Like, I think people forget that. Makes a lot of sense about his character. This film has a lot of moments like that in it where it's really heartfelt and touching, and it's it's about it's about masculinity, really. This film is yep. about who we are as men and the way we think and, and why we think that way. And honestly, a lot of what's wrong with that? Like Nothing, nothing. It, 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 no, but, but things that are wrong with that, the things that are like, yeah, that is kind of toxic and we shouldn't think that way. I think there's plenty of that in this film too. Yeah, absolutely. It's just really lovely. And of course, you know, um, that, that grizzled cowboy who apparently won an Oscar. Yeah. Um, he he exists only for the fact that he um is sort of like he this kind of awakens Billy Crystal a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and he's this overbearing sort of figure like, yeah. you know, that pulls out of him some real moments. Um and then when he's gone and they're left with like the cr- the crazy two who had sexually harassed that woman at the start. And I, I like that scene where all the the guests of the the trek are in the tent and yeah. they're all fearful. I guess they're all the city slickers. Yeah. <laughs> but that that behaviour is, like, frightening to all of them, not yeah. just the woman. And that yeah. I really like that moment. Yeah. And and how they, like, yeah, try to take it on and, and uh, way off topic here, but Billy Crystal, the way he tries to sort of, like, self-deprecating, um, yeah. it, like, comedy – the way he tries to like circumvent the situation really yeah. reminds me of Joe Gatto in Impractical Jokers. Oh, he's actually yeah, just left yeah. Impractical Jokers. Way off track, but you know, like everyone knows that person. You're that person. I was going to say, it reminds me, I think that's very real. I'm that person. Like, I'm not, I don't think of myself as a masculine person at all. And if I was in a situation like that, that's exactly what I would do. Because I think of myself as a funny person, <laughs> I would try to fuse the situation that way. Yeah, yeah, by just attacking yourself so that no one else kind of can. I mean, I always attack myself for that very reason. Yes, yes, well, you know, maybe you need to, like, actually talk to someone about that, Billy, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, yeah, I just really love this film. And, <laughs> of course, like, the biggest, you know hypocrisy of all of it is that he saves Norman the cow yeah. from from being hamburgers. <laughs> um and he's like they're also like 
put off by that that they they took they they got the cows there in the end and they're just going to be used for meat and that's so confronting to them and it just no matter how much they sort of came out as cowboys on the trip yeah they're still city people <laughs> that is an and they don't want to see how it's made <laughs> that is an interesting turn that the film takes at that final yes. point because it almost could end at that point really well but then i, it I takes feel like any extra- other film that wasn't taking care would end there yeah, it's a happy ending it really but- takes that extra 10 minutes and you're right you could almost look at that as a bit of a like you could look at that as making a statement about veganism or vegetarianism but I don't think that's the point of the film. I think you're right. I think it's to show us who these people are and that they mm. are still city slickers. Like, yep. they're, they're not vegans or vegetarians, but they still have this hard time. And and it's almost like everything they've done and everything they've achieved up to this point, is it really just going to be ground up? Yeah. Like, is that well, really says, the point of it? we it's might as well be, have left them in the mountains. Yeah, like, they're just going to be killed. Like, is that really what we did this for? Yeah. I, I just think it's a beautiful, they touching moment. They still don't moment. quite have the stomach for the job. And that's, yeah. I I don't know. I like that extra touch on the end. There's no way he would have taken that fucking cow on the plane. (laughs) Or or that his wife would be like, oh, sure, just put the cow in the car. That's what I was going to say. I I would. I would. I'd be like, yay, a cow. Bullshit. If I came home with a cow, you'd be be pretty pissed off. I'd be thrilled. You'd be like, what the fuck is this cow doing here? (laughs) I'd be thrilled. And I'd tell you the whole story and you'd be like, that's gay. (laughs) No, I wouldn't say that because people don't use that term anymore, Billy. Christ. Um, I don't think we can talk about this film without talking about the score as well, which I no! I think is brilliant. How good is the score? I was humming it all the next day. It's so reminiscent of those Western classics, you know, like The Magnificent Seven and and Dirty Harry and all of those classics. But it's it's really its own adventurous thing. It's almost like this beautiful blend between something like that and something like Indiana Jones, where it just it gets you moving and it makes you want th- to do don't something. Don't you reckon there's also like shades of almost um, nostalgia, Home Alone in there yeah, as well. Yeah, I see that for sure. Like yeah. the strings and ah, oh, I really like it. And like listening to it always takes me back to the first time I saw this film. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, yeah, trust me, it's a good film. And I was like, sure, I've heard that before. <laughs> Tommy Boy. Um. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> don't, go, don't do a toe for me and bring Tommy Boy up. Tommy Boy is great. It's so bad. Um, anyway, I remember the first time I saw this film. So I think we were in the midst of planning our wedding. So therefore I was uh, possibly needing to be committed to yeah, an asylum. Time. It would have been around that time. Yeah. Yep. And I worked in the public service. Yeah. Uh, so you were hating your work life. Yeah. Um, just sitting at a desk, pushing papers for yeah. asshole governments. None of it mattered. I was just yelled at all day by the media. And, oh, my God, it was just – it was a really sort of, like, flat line in my life. And I watched this film and I was like, yep, we're doing it. We're going yeah. to a dude ranch. Of course, the dude rants wasn't life-changing. Oh, it was pretty um, great, though. Oh, it was great for you. Oh, Billy, you look like you were born on a horse. Yeah, everybody oh, loved me. I was Billy, like great, a real cowboy. Great lassoing, Billy. <laughs> Un- until, like, the end of the third day where I was, like, I could not I could not walk properly. And, and I remember- <laughs> 18 hours on a horse. Yeah, we'd been on a horse for a very long time. To the uh, we were, male yeah. <laughs> nether regions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were herding cattle through the- Was it the Grand Tetons? Was it the Tetons? It I was, don't think we went as far as the Tetons, but yeah, it was like we could see them from our cabin. And- uh, 
our our herder, our wrangler, our Jack Palance, if you will. I remember him being like, well, should we pick up the pace a bit? And no, was because like, we were in the third group by that point. They'd sent yeah, yeah. the experienced riders back and then there was an intermediate group that had been sent back at a slightly faster pace and we yeah. were the stragglers. And he was like, should we pick up the pace a bit? We could be home by dark. And I'm like, no. Yeah. No, please, no. Yeah, no. You, you just... No, you weren't even please, no. You just went, no. <laughs> No, no, like, I, it's not negotiable. I, I didn't at first, but I remember, I think it was on the second or third day that I paid extra for the gel-filled saddle. Yep, because you did. I was in a lot of pain. <laughs> I mean, everyone was, but, yeah. Riding a horse, it. honestly, quietly, not that fun. <laughs> no, no. You think it's going to be this, like, soothing adventure. I and... mean, it was it was beautiful. Like, the landscape oh, was beautiful. Yeah. Herding cows was a lot of fun. I remember yelling a lot of yeehaw, shit like that. But yeah. boy, did you remember when we hurt. got them lost as well? We got them lost on like the side of a mountain at yeah. one point, and we were having to round them up, and like we had no fucking clue what we were doing. <laughs> Thank God none of our handlers died because oh, yeah. those cows and oh, people geez. were fucked. <laughs> if I if I was Billy Crystal, I'd be dead. You'd be dead. <laughs> be <laughs> We'd dead. all be dead. Absolutely dead. And I remember, like, this is just an interesting fact that I don't know, maybe. Any listeners in the Midwest know already, but I remember saying the word cowboy to one of the guys and he was like, oh, we're not cowboys, we're ranch handlers. Yeah, That's yeah, an yeah. offensive term. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Cowboys are lamos. Yeah. <laughs> they were like- geeks. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the like socially awkward people who go up into the mountains months at a time because they can't fit into society. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, oh, that's me. <laughs> Like, no wonder that's, Billy that's looks me, like he but was without the horse. cows, I'm, I'm like a dumpling boy. I just go into the mountains for months at a time and eat dumplings because I can't associate with society. <laughs> Who's going to uh, make the dumplings, Billy? I don't know. I'll get a. I'll. I'll get some. You're I'll get them some. A, Uber classics. Eats. Uber. As long as I'm <laughs> close enough in the mountains that Uber Eats will still come to me, I'll be right. So, how are you scoring City Slickers? I think I will score this a 7 out of 10. A 7? Yeah. I want to give it a bit higher, um, but there's just a few things that I feel it could improve upon. It's a very strong 7, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want it to be an 8. I really like this film. Yeah. And I, like... You know, when you see something once and it affects you because you're at a weird moment in your life that reflects yeah. the film, it's having now watched it where I'm in a much better place, like, you know, like the cowboy says, you have to find your thing and that's, yeah. you know, your thing. Um, I have my thing these days and I still enjoyed the film. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't yeah. like, change me like it did the first time. Yeah. But I, I just, I, yeah, I can't give it like a perfect 10 out of 10 score either. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm an eight. And I'm honestly, I've struggled a lot in my life between an eight and a nine for this film because, mm. as I said, I've loved this since I was a kid. And every time I watch it, I do get something new out of it. Like, as I've, you know, I'm now 35, I'm not that far away from Billy Crystal's age in this film. And I think about myself at 40 and I relate so. <laughs> and weep. <laughs> I relate so strongly to. The struggles that he feels, you know, this it's a really interesting thing. And I don't know if this is just a male thing or not. It's probably not. But he's not dissatisfied with his life. No. You know, like he loves his wife. He loves his kids. We didn't even talk about Jake Jill at all. I know. Cutie little Jake. you know, it's like one small dissatisfaction and it's almost enough to throw him off entirely. And I, I really, really strongly relate to that and i think that that's what this film is about it's about Mm -hmm. learning to grow past that and 
look for what it is that you do enjoy in life and yeah, because he doesn't come it. back and be like, oh, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do this. He's like, he comes no, I'm back just going like, to- I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it well. That's, like- that's exactly what he says. He says, I'm I'm not going to quit my job. I'm just going to do it better. I'm going to do everything better. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That, it hits me so hard in that final moment when he says yeah. that. Yeah. Like, There's and lots I, of deep moments I do like think that. that the film maybe drags a little in the back half. I actually don't need the turn about him rescuing the cows at the end. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I appreciate what it's doing, but I just think that that ending and the message of this Especially film the and extra, how it gets you know, there is- are they going to go down a waterfall bit? Like, we know they're not. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, but I don't I, know. Yeah. I love this film. I yeah. really, really love it. I think I would probably be, um, yeah, a nine, even perhaps a ten, if there was, like, a female equivalent of this film. Yeah, okay. Yep. I mean, they could have just done the same thing, but with females. Um, Well, do you think this film would would work, though? Do you think it would be the same film? Okay, let me ask you this, because this is something I've never really thought about. That feeling I was just describing about, like, not being dissatisfied with life, but still feeling this dissatisfaction, is that... Is that true to females as well, do you think? Like, does that ring yeah, true? Yeah, of course. Yeah? They're just people. <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> there yeah, would okay. be different, um, you know, of course, like, and it feels like uh, sexist to say, but it's like, it's just the reality of the situation because it's the world we live in. There would be different conversations, yeah. you know, in, instead of um, like- talking about the dvr <laughs> yeah yeah you know it would be women talking about like the mental load of christmas <laughs> yeah, yeah. and how every girlfriend i've met up with since christmas is like oh how exhausting was christmas yep because you're the one with the list you're the one who takes care of what everyone's getting and and i'm getting a robe <laughs> mate i smoked the turkeys <laughs> yeah you know what i actually use that as an example i was like you know it pissed me off i've had this conversation conversation with billy so many times like you know uh, here I am coming close to Christmas and I'm like, this is what we're getting the kids. It's even, I've kept track of it. Um, you know, it's all in my head and it's not a shared load. And I was pissed off about that, as I told you. And then the difference was, though, come Christmas Day from 7.30 a.m., you did everything. Yeah. I decorated the table later on. I was out there trimming the trees so yep. that they weren't all over the yep. table. Yeah, you were cooking so much meat, like to the point where we had an entire turkey left and, over. And, what ve- and vegetables. Don't, don't yeah, no, no, like no. I no. Cook I, but what I'm saying is from 7.30 in the morning, <laughs> yeah. you took the load of Christmas Day. And I was just like, you know, I, at that moment, I felt it was a little more even. And my girlfriends were all like, yeah, that's nice. Didn't feel that way because <laughs> they also take the mental and physical load of cooking Christmas Day lunch. Yeah. So it would be different conversations like that if yeah. there was a woman version. Yeah. But of course, women can feel dissatisfied in life and not be able to pinpoint exactly what it is. <laughs> Have you met you guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for talking about this film with me. This was this was heaper fun. I hope you enjoyed it, patrons. Uh, I always love really to off these, topic there. <laughs> I always love to do these little bonus episodes. Well, you know. We can go off topic. We can. That's what's fun yeah, about it. They can skip ahead if they want. <laughs> they can be like, oh, it's a it's a noose episode. Nah. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I hope, hope you're all 
Good. I never know how to end these episodes because I don't have to do the like I've got the whole thing burned in my brain that yes. you can get in touch with me. You can get yeah. You know, what? I'm just gonna do it. If you want to get in touch with me, no, you can go to or Thing at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter all under the handle at We Watch Thing. If you want to help support the show, which you already do, you can do that. Patreon.com forward slash We Watch Thing. I'll catch you next week. Yeah. <laughs>